Welcome to Animal Health Insights. This podcast was created to connect producers, veterinarians, and animal owners with up-to-date information around animal health and disease. We're going to introduce you to the people and the organizations who are working to support animal health in Canada. Our podcast is developed with the support of the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System. Through these podcasts, CAS aims to engage producers, veterinarians, and the public in discussions around animal health and disease as part of work to strengthen animal health surveillance through knowledge, awareness, and data sharing. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Todd. I'm also a veterinarian. Let's get started. One of the big discussions recently as part of this COVID-19 pandemic is the concept of social or physical distancing for people. As humans, we're all able to make a conscious decision to limit our movements outside our homes and to limit our interactions with other people. For farm animals or for pet animals that are dealing with a contagious disease, true social distancing can be almost impossible to put in place. Many of our farm animals, such as cattle, pigs, horses, or poultry, are herd or flock animals, and this social structure is pretty important to how they live in their day-to-day life. So if we as veterinarians want to try to decrease the chances that a group of animals will deal with a contagious infection, we have to think creatively about all aspects of their care, and this includes the functionality of their housing. Respiratory infections can be particularly challenging to treat in our Canadian climate, as most animals are housed indoors to protect them from the elements. Today, I'll be speaking with two people who regularly discuss how barn ventilation systems can help to improve ruminant health, particularly in the case of respiratory disease. I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Harold House of Dairy Logics. Harold is an agricultural engineer and he specializes in livestock housing. We're also joined today by Dr. Rex Crawford, a large animal veterinarian, to speak with us on this topic. Dr. Crawford works with many large animal species, but he does have a special place in his heart for small ruminant medicine. In addition to serving for many years as a pivotal member of the Small Ruminant Veterinarians of Ontario, Dr. Crawford also is the veterinary co-lead of the Ontario Animal Health Network's Small Ruminant Network. This network is a disease surveillance network in Ontario, and you'll hear more about it in future episodes. Mr. House worked for a number of years within the Agriculture Extension Program at the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, and he got so interested in how farm design could improve animal health and welfare that he moved into this field as his full-time vocation at Dairy Logics. Thanks to you both for joining us today. So to get started, perhaps Dr. Crawford, you could comment on why good barn ventilation is so important to minimizing respiratory disease and improving herd health. So here in Ontario, much of our livestock spends a considerable portion of the year, sometimes year round inside barns. So how we ventilate those barns is directly related to how good the air quality is inside those barns. Air quality is really important to keeping the lungs healthy and happy inside that livestock and minimizes respiratory disease that we think of as pneumonia most of the time. Pneumonia at any stage of an animal's life has long-term impacts on the animal's health and productivity. So there's really good research to show that in dairy cattle, for instance, pneumonia in the first few months of life has long-term impacts on reproductive health and uh, overall milk production and longevity in the herd for those animals. So preventing pneumonia or early treatment of pneumonia, even as young as a few weeks old in those cattle, has an impact 
three and four years down the road of those animals. So the better job we can do of keeping that air quality good in those barns, the less disease we have and the overall productivity of our herd goes up. So what would be a common clinical presentation that would cause you to discuss barn ventilation with a producer? So the most common uh, clinical presentation that would bring us to a discussion about ventilation would be an increase in the number of animals that are having uh, clinical signs of pneumonia and in some cases herds that are having struggles with actually animals dying at a higher rate than we're comfortable with due to pneumonia and one of the things that we would usually work up when that is the case is is the air quality and ventilation in those barns adequate or are we dealing with some other reason for increased numbers of pneumonia cases. Have you found that there's any species differences in barn ventilation requirements for ruminants, like from cattle to small ruminants like sheep and goats? So one of the biggest differences in ventilation requirements across the species that I deal with, um, mostly ruminants and horses, is the temperature differences that we sometimes need to allow for in the wintertime. So when we deal with very young ruminants, particularly the sheep and goats, in environments where they're weaned from their mothers and raised on milk replacer uh, separately, we do need to worry about keeping those barns warm. Uh, Certainly the swine industry and poultry industry getting the temperature right to allow for those animals to be happy and grow well is important. Uh, When we think of cattle, usually we don't worry as much about keeping things warm and and our adult ruminants, our adult small ruminants, we don't worry so much about warmth as well, but just freedom from drafts and keeping things nice. So uh, that can be a challenge in all of our species. One of the challenges is dealing with the temperature differences throughout the year. So we have four distinct seasons that lead to four distinct challenges as far as ventilation and temperature goes. So Mr. House, do you find that your clients get in touch with you specifically to address ventilation concerns or for other health reasons? Like what usually gets them thinking about improving their barn design? Okay, certainly with ventilation, there's probably three uh, questions I get. If uh, somebody's planning a new barn, they often are around the whole area of farmstead planning. So with the clients I deal with, the producers, It's often dairy cattle, uh, but it could be other species where they're using natural ventilation. So the location and the direction of the barn to make best use of natural airflows is a a big concern. So that's uh, one reason. Then there's two other seasonal reasons. One would be heat stress, which we've had some bouts of already this year. So how could they alleviate heat stress in their barn? And just like Dr. Crawford was talking about, just with uh, small ruminants, winter pneumonia, or just with the seasonal changes, especially spring and fall and winter, what can be done to provide good air quality while not causing droughts or stress on the younger animals? So I know not every farmer is at a stage in their career where they can consider like a whole new barn build. So I'd like to hear from you both on what you think maybe the top five easy fixes are to retrofit an older barn to improve ventilation. Dr. Crawford, what have you had success with here? 
So I think probably the thing that we've had the most success with over the last uh, five to 10 years is the, the improvements and the development of things called positive pressure ventilation tube systems that include a fan and a tube that's specifically designed to bring fresh air into the barn and, and move the air within the barn a certain way to allow for fresh air to get right near the nose of the animals without creating drafts and, and extra cold air situations. Uh, and they can make a big difference in closed up older barns where we have a struggle of doing natural ventilation well because we're constrained in, in the amount of air that we have available to us to do that natural ventilation with. In some barns, adding side curtains, so actually tearing out walls and putting curtains or specifically designed windows in to allow for natural ventilation to be better than just a couple of windows in a wall can make a really big difference. In some barns, in some places, adding or improving chimneys to allow natural ventilation exhaust to work properly uh, when the chimneys or when the side curtains are not fully open can make a big difference. And that we especially see that, I think, in barns that have been maybe renovated from something like a drive shed where we haven't necessarily thought about where the where hot stale air is going to exit the barn. So adding those chimneys or improving them can make a big difference in some of those places. Uh, we can do minor improvements in some places where we've got a decent design, but things aren't just quite working as well as they should be. So if we've got an exhaust fan type system or or in some cases it's tunnel ventilation but we haven't got things working quite right and we've got enough fan power but we haven't thought about where the fresh air is going to come into that space so improving where the inlets are and how they work can make a difference in some of those places in a lot of barns i think we need to change our mindset from worrying about air quality in the barn over how hot it is so there's always in cold weather it's always a trade-off between how much fresh air we bring into a space versus how much heat we have to add to it to keep it warm. So in the days of my grandfather, the idea was that you closed all of the windows and doors and chimneys and everything when it was cold out so that you could keep warmth in the barn. And that is usually the worst thing we can do for air quality, but it is much cheaper to heat a space if you're not adding fresh air in all the time. And how about you, Harold? What what types of retrofit changes have your clients had success with? Do these, like, do they vary by the type of barn? Uh, for example, a bank barn versus a pole barn. What have you seen? Yeah, certainly they do um, vary in terms of whether it's a bank barn or a, a pole type barn, and it also depends on the uh, the species and and the size and the situation, but. Just a few simple things, just like uh, we spend a lot of time talking about social distancing and density of people in buildings. It's uh, the same for livestock. If we're thinking of a existing bank barn, and I agree with Dr. Crawford again, in the past we've worried about keeping everything closed up and warm so the manure doesn't freeze, the water doesn't freeze, but Actually, that can be very unhealthy for the livestock. Uh, it's better to keep a barn cold and dry than warm and damp. So just reducing the livestock density in a, a barn, say a bank barn with uh, feeder cattle or something in it, uh, reducing the density, uh, just providing more air volume per unit of livestock, removing the manure regularly. 
Manure produces moisture and ammonia, and if we can remove that, uh, make use of lots of long straw bedding, and even for young livestock, uh, just having dry, long straw bedding for insulation and protection from drafts, uh, that can be a, a big thing for young stock. And then, yeah, the positive pressure ventilation tube systems. At the start of my career, they were known as airbags, and often they were dirty, dusty, damp things, and they've been improved on over the years to the point now that they can be uh, used quite successfully to um, introduce small amounts of fresh air exactly where it's needed. And then just a, a final thing, yeah, for summer heat, if that's an issue, whether it's a bank barn, it may not be as easy with that, but opening up sidewalls. There's uh, too many barns I've been in where everything's closed up except a, a few windows, and our animals, lots of them, can deal with the cold a lot more than uh, heat and moisture, so just letting that good natural airflow through can just totally change the situation and it's a lot more healthy for the livestock. Okay, so if those are the easy fixes, how about for that new barn build? What's out there right now to ensure the best ventilation possible, Harold? Okay, that's uh, quite a, a broad question and it certainly does depend on the livestock species and the size, uh, stage of growth, uh, certainly baby calves versus mature milking cows, it's quite different, but maybe just trying to categorize things. Uh, natural ventilation for sure is where I always like to start. So a barn with adjustable sidewall curtains and chimneys for ventilation. But if it is for small calves or other small ruminants, adding that positive pressure ventilation tube system just allows, in the winter, uh, these stage of growth, they don't produce enough heat to get good natural ventilation. So what the positive pressure ventilation tube does, it introduces that small amount of fresh air that's needed to remove the moisture in the wintertime, keep things fresh. But with the designs that are out there now, that air can be introduced without causing drafts for the the animals. So that's quite critical. So, so natural ventilation would be one th thing to start with, but if we look at uh, mature animals and natural ventilation is is quite good for say the the three of our four seasons but coming to summer heat stress then we need to add some form of supplemental ventilation so whether that be panel fans or basket fans or high volume low speed ceiling fans or possibly evaporative cooling could be another thing for uh, especially mature dairy cows and then tunnel ventilation, uh, it's been around for a long time, but we're seeing many new barns, uh, larger barns being built specifically for tunnel ventilation just to get the high air flows needed and fresh air exchange for providing good uh, summer ventilation. Dr. Crawford, then what sort of improvements in herd health can producers look forward to if they make some investment in improving their barn ventilation systems? Do you have any success stories you can share? 
Sure. So the primary improvements we're going to see right away if we make improvements to a barn ventilation system is likely in in both the number of treatments that we might need to do uh, in a group for pneumonia over the course of the year, as well as the number of animals that end up succumbing to that pneumonia, whether we've treated them and they don't respond or whether they actually perish before we realize that they're sick and and are, have died without treatment. So those are the big things. The long-term impacts, again, are that overall productivity of those animals that we did likely have to treat for pneumonia, but that we did save with treatment. But the, some of those animals just never produce like they should. Even though they've, they've responded to the treatment, there's still lasting effects of that pneumonia. So those are the big things we're going to see that way. The the sicknesses and the deaths are the things that we're going to be able to measure really, really easily. That long-term productivity is something that's more hidden and a little bit harder to tease out, most likely, uh, without doing a bunch of statistics to prove ourselves right. Success stories I have. Certainly, we've had really good success in a number of our old bank barn sheep operations by adding those positive pressure tubes in and we can see usually our our most critical window of time for seeing pneumonia problems in those type barns was when we had lambs that were approaching weaning age and we would see a often a fairly sudden what felt like an outbreak of pneumonia in lambs so as they were approaching weaning sort of time at 40 to 50 days old so in some cases we actually had to go into those groups and medicate all of the lambs to try and get ahead of the pneumonia flowing through them and with the addition of those positive pressure tubes in most cases we've dropped the number of treatments down drastically and totally removed the idea of mass medicating those groups we've also seen some major improvements in ventilation in some of our nursery rooms in our sheep and goat dairy operations where they have lambs in nursery rooms on milk replacer and certainly again pneumonia can be a big uh, problem in some of those rooms if ventilation isn't working well and I know I have one producer that used to struggle with about he would treat between 30 and 50 percent of his lambs prior to weaning at 35 days or so in at least some of the groups and his standard goal now is to not lose any lambs in that room to pneumonia throughout the course of the year and that would be in the neighborhood of 300 lambs would go through that room over the course of a year and so at least probably in four out of six groups he would do over the course of the year he would reach his goal of not losing any lambs to pneumonia in those pens so the benchmarks in the goat world would would have us believe that we would probably think of somewhere close to 10 percent mortality in the first month of life as being pretty close to normal so if we can make improvements in those ventilation systems and and drop that by half then it's well worth it for the producer to spend a little bit of money in improving their ventilation system how about you, Harold? What are some of your favorite success stories that producers have had, either from uh, new barn construction or from doing some retrofits to an older barn to improve their ventilation? Okay, uh, a lot of the things uh, to be done are both good for old barns as well as new barns, but have saw a lot of improvement in calf barns where they've been struggling with especially spring, fall, winter ventilation by adding the positive pressure ventilation tubes just to get that uniform minimum airflow without drafts. And 
should mention too that these uh, tubes can be used for summer ventilation as well. So if you're in a, a bank barn or something that's difficult to do naturally, it's uh, possible to not use the same tube, although the winter tubes can run year-round, but just installing a, a much larger tube to get summer airflow rates and ventilation that way. Certainly in calf barns or small ruminant barns, just uh, strategically blocking drafts that may be coming in, that's often a big help. And again, lots of long straw bedding, perhaps calf coats even in, in colder situations. And then switching around for summer ventilation, just uh, strategically locating panel fans or basket fans to focus some air to get heat stress relief and Again, possibly opening up sidewalls uh, just to improve natural ventilation and perhaps adding chimneys for winter ventilation as well. So those those are all good things that can apply to retrofits or new barns as well. It sounds like there's some real wins out there then for animal health when we can take the time and, of course, a bit of money to put into uh, improvements in ventilation systems. Who should a producer reach out to if they want to figure out what ventilation adaptations would work well for their individual barn? Um, I guess we'll start with Harold. What do you think? Okay, there's a lot of good companies out there that deal with both natural and mechanical ventilation. So I find that the company reps are very well educated. So I would not hesitate to uh, reach out to any of those companies and I work in that field as well, so I'm quite happy to to help people with that also. So there's a, a number of different options between company representatives and uh, private consultants, I guess. And who would you suggest, uh, Dr. Crawford, that a producer contact? So I would agree totally with Harold that both uh, both the companies that uh, supply most of this equipment generally do a pretty good job of helping evaluate what the best suits are for uh, a spot. I think they do an even better job on new builds than they do sometimes on thinking all the way through some of the retrofits, um, but they, they're certainly a good resource. I think our agricultural engineers out there like Harold are are the very best trained at this. They, they really and truly understand the mechanics behind what we're trying to do. And I think there are a number of veterinarians out there as well that have a special interest in improving ventilation. A number of us have taken, uh, there is a course through the University of Wisconsin on the positive pressure uh, tube ventilation systems. So a number of us have taken that and, and have some of the equipment needed to assess uh, where we're at now to decide how much change we need or if in actual fact the system that we've got right now just needs a very little bit of tweaking to work better. So I think uh, between uh, veterinarians and engineers and the equipment uh, dealers, I think we can come up with a really good solution, especially when we work as a team. I think that's a great note to wrap things up on. 
So for veterinarians out there and for producers who are interested to learn more about how they can uh, make some changes to their barns ventilation systems to support their herd or flock health, uh, certainly there's some good resources out there. Dr. Crawford has already mentioned the Dairyland Initiative from the University of Wisconsin, and as well you will find a number of provincial resources, certainly for your province of interest, and we can post some links to some of these resources on our website at www.cahss.ca. Thanks again to both of you, uh, Dr. Rex Crawford from Dufferin Veterinary Services and to Mr. Harold House from Dairy Logics for speaking with me today on Animal Health Insights about how ventilation can help to support ruminant respiratory health. And thanks to you out there for tuning in. Join us next time for an upcoming episode where we'll cover another cornerstone of achieving social distancing for animals. And it's a biggie, biosecurity. I'll talk to you then. Once again, I'd like to thank the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System for their support of the Animal Health Insights podcast. CAS is an initiative of the National Farmed Animal Health and Welfare Council, and it has broad-based support from both livestock sectors and from government. CAS brings together data and information from across Canada in order to demonstrate animal health and to guide planning on national animal health priorities. Effective disease surveillance can demonstrate the health of our animals, and it enables prompt action to minimize the negative impacts of disease. Funding is provided through the Agri-Assurance Program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a federal, provincial, territorial initiative.